Hello everyone, before we start the episode, I just wanted to let you know about our retreat in Thailand this February, February 24, from Koh Samui. It's at Samahita. Samahita is a retreat set on a quiet beach with a beautiful yoga place, high standard accommodation, plenty of healthy options in the cafe, and a wellness centre as well. So I'll be teaching my story in the morning, as always, and in afternoon sessions I'll be doing technique, philosophy, loads of stuff, and generally be around for questions, chat, and sharing throughout the week. So if you want to meet me, or you have already, and you enjoyed our experience, <laughs> come. Maybe you can be one of these people. And now, here is the episode. Hope you enjoy So today's guest on the Kingdom Yoga podcast is David Fredrickson. Uh, David's been teaching along with Laruga, his partner, at Yogi Arma in Stockholm for at least about 12 years now. They started the Mysore program and have run it, the Daily Mysore, for, for quite a length of time. Um, so we made a Mysore maybe, oh God, quite a while ago now, wasn't it? Maybe 15 years ago. And, uh, you know, we always loved David and Ruga and uh, it's been a pleasure to uh, to know them. And uh, and now to have David on the podcast is, uh, having not seen you for for many years now in person, is is really a, a, a treat. So uh, welcome, David. Nice to Thank see you again. Thank you, Alan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I guess I probably saw you last in person in 2012 or 14. Same Something 14. Like yeah. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. 10 years. Crazy. Yeah. Um, and well, I suppose what I always liked to, I suppose what I always liked about you is you're very different to a lot of people I met in my school. very honest, very open, and, and, and willing to just say what you actually think. And, and so, you know, and, yeah, I'm very confident in that. So, so I'm going to have high expectations of our com- conversation today. Um, but you know, we'll start. We'll start at the normal place. Um, and uh, I know you have a background, an interesting background, with you know how you got into yoga and your upbringing there and stuff. So, do you just want to say like a little bit about you know how you, why why you got into yoga and how you did mm. so? Yeah. yeah, I um I first got into hatha yoga because of mm. sports injury. Basically, I was doing right. a bunch of sports growing up. And then uh, I started dancing, and um, yeah, it's journey through injury that got me to to the yoga. Um, doctors were saying, "Well, you're not going to be able to to heal your foot. You're not going to be able to heal your back. You're not going to be able to heal your hamstring." I, I had some major trauma happen, but. Um, I uh, was always fascinated by yoga, you know, when you saw the sadhus, the, the old, you know, journal movies that you sometimes got on, 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 on uh, state-sponsored uh, Swedish television back in the day. Uh, you could see some, some sadhu sitting with the legs behind the head and, you know, that kind mm. of a thing. And to me, that mm. was just always fascinating. And yeah, so that's how I, I got into it, basically to heal from from other uh, sports injuries, because that was what I did growing up was sports, and at, at a pretty high level at that too. And did and, you? Yeah. What, what did you do? Uh, mainly track and field and uh, right. gymnastics. Yeah. So huh. yeah, and dancing. You said dancing. Mm, I started the ballet academy when I was fifteen. Ballet. Years old. Yeah. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. Huh. Yeah. And, uh, but I had, once again, uh, the last uh, championship, two um, championship I did in gymnastics, because I did in true gymnastics, and, and we won the last two years, I think it was. Yeah. And, but I, I had an injury um, 
that really going in to study to become a a, a registered nurse actually started down mm. that path. Mm. But my the body kind of healed. I had a really good physio that took care mm. of me and. And so I kind of got back into it in that way. And then, um, yeah, as a young, well, late teenager, I started working in, in, uh, in theaters, um, here in, in Stockholm. And, and then that's also how it kind of led me into, to the music. Cause actually mm. I to maybe do music way more than I, I kind of wanted to dance, but it was kind of the, my stepping out of the environment that I grew up in. So I didn't want to go back to where where I was, um, where I grew up, actually. So I decided, you know, dancing was some something cool. Michael Jackson came up with Moonwalk, and and fame mm. was, you know, big back in in <clears throat> in the eighties, that kind of a thing. Um. So yeah, that put me on 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 that path, um, moving the body, and that also was the ticket out of. Uh, my my uh, where where I was from basically. So where were you from? I'm about to. Uh, I grew up. Well, I, I was born in Stockholm, but I grew up mm. about 50 kilometers north of here in a right. region, yeah, region or province called Dalarna. Mm. So when I was about five, my mom and I ended up going back to where she was from. Yeah, mm. Mm. right. So yeah, so that's the way it was. So injury basically, and hatha yoga to be to begin with, yeah. <clears throat> and it worked. The hatha it yoga really worked, for, worked. To, right, right, mm. right away. So the effect. Mm. I was young, you know, mm. but the effect was so, so, so strong for me. Yeah, I mean, I still was doing the crazy shenanigans because i was running with the crew and we were not healthy let's just say that uh, it was theater people actors mainly uh, some musicians but it, especially the crew that i was hanging in was it was insane party and at that age when you're like 19 20 21 you know you can party mm. six days a week it wasn't healthy for me but it it, it worked somehow you know <laughs> So, yeah, and I was running away from my from my past that I desperately needed to deal with. Also, so did you get into that Shangi yoga then? How did that go from Hatha yoga? Where, where did you find find a Shangi yoga in Stockholm as well? Mm, kind of not actually. When I lived in Los Angeles and, and went to to um, music school there, one of my vocal coaches um, she brought me to this teacher which I loved and I still think she's one of the best teachers that I've ever had her name is Catherine McNamara Catherine was from New York and had a, like a massive um, Hatha Yoga um, experience from, from New York but mm -hmm. when I moved to Los Angeles she um, she was one of the first people at the Chuck and Mati at Yoga Works, the first one that opened up in Santa Monica. So her own practice was actually Ashtanga Yoga. But for me to get up and practice at 6 o'clock, coming back from rehearsal and at 3 a.m., that was not very <laughs> conducive, let's just say Likely. that. Yeah. I, it was, it was, I'm like, no, this, is, this shit ain't happening. But she, the thing with her was that she, um, she taught Hatha yoga, right? 
And, but she was so great at com- doing serious. And that came both from, from her deep Hatha yoga knowledge, but also because she was practicing the Shaga yoga. But she did a lot of therapy work with, with, with people, people that were, you know, long-term, it could be cancer patients, it could be, you know, other physical trauma. So she, she did a lot, she had a lot of privates that were, you know, in dire need of, of, of help. Mm. And then she taught, you know, at, at this place called Santa Monica Yoga, which was, you know, such a beautiful studio and and it was yeah i I felt so lucky and blessed to have her as my really i mean the the first kind of thing that i did in stockholm was like a nibble of of it right and then it it was that was the first time when i connected truly connected with the teacher and the teacher that was still to this day one of the best teachers i've ever been around and a great personality so i was so blessed so fortunate to to have her but that was the first time i heard of ashtanga yoga did you start every day you're one of those people that kind of like you know the first time you went into it you kind of walk back from no, the class no, and you no, want to work no. back the next day kind of thing no, how, no. how did that trend how did it no. go so after about four and a half years i moved back to stockholm and i, I mm. tried to I look for a teacher and there was no one at that capacity that level so and it was just like it was not good and one of the main reasons for me to move back to Stockholm was that I needed to do a lot of therapy. The shit came with me, right? So we mm. know all this. So I kind of stopped doing all physical stuff. And, you know, I ballooned in weight, like a lot. So I, I, mm. I just tried to build another kind of career going into computers and these kind of things. <clears throat> and I was working deeply uh, on myself but when you take out the alcohol the cigarettes the whatever the alcohol i kind of was able to that was my saving grace actually moving and moving to to los angeles believe it or not and being because i broke with that crew that i was running with and um, it was another type of freedom for me to be who I, I actually wanted to be. So I kind of was going on, letting that go. But the cigarettes were still there, all of that stuff, and a lot of other very destructive patterns in my life. So therapy was extremely necessary. Mm-hmm. But I started eating bullshit food and junk, basically. Um, so I kind of switched addiction mm, yeah thing, mm, right mm, mm. and food has never been um i mean that comes both my my biologic parents were you know extremely um overweight both of them so right, right. i kind of had that my stepfather was the one who was actually physically like you know in good shape but mm. so um but when i decided to get back into physical form or shape uh, I um, I started running and biking and going to the gym, and I just got stiffer and stiffer. I ended up running a marathon and and uh, ended up getting I was overweight, uh, but I got it like a runner's heel, so a plantar fasciitis kind of a situation, and that led me to Ashtanga Yoga because one of my closest friends back then he had started uh, with Gitan Hendele, who was one of the first teachers in Sweden to 
to start uh, Ashtanga, and that was at the Ashtanga Yoga Stockholm. That studio is unfortunately not uh, there anymore. But um, so I started with Gitan, and it was like I started once, twice a week, and then you know, actually when I went to Mysore the first time in two thousand eight, that's when I started uh, the the six day a week practice. So it was a slow build up for me, actually. But then Mysore, and then it was on from there. So what led you to go to Mysore if you, you hadn't got a consistent practice before then? Like, yeah, how did that, how did that come about? I wanted to go to, go mm. to the source, honestly. Right. And I, by then, the thing is, was Petri Reisinen um, mm. was my first like, yoga workshop. Like, he, he came at least once, sometimes two times a year to, to, to get that. So I had taken, you know, maybe one, two um, workshops with Petri. And we, you know, we're, we're good friends today. Like, I really like Petri. So, and, you know, so he's been with me from, from the beginning in that sense. Mm-hmm. Plus, I knew Alex Medine from, from, from the, because he was here and he was friends with some of my dance friends. So that's also how, how Alex and I got reconnected. So I, I, he kind of was in the periphery before I moved to Los Angeles and then with the yoga. So I, it was kind of, it was really cool. So that's how I ended up in, 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 in Alex's house and in, in, in Mysore as well. Right? right. Okay. So, so those two guys plus Gitan and, you know, cause Gitan had been at least three times, maybe four times to, to, to the old, old Charla in Lakshmi Puram. Yeah. But. Right. Yeah, so and it piqued my interest. I kind of felt like I needed to to go to the source, so to speak, right? So that was it. That was yeah. That was it. That that's how it transpired. When did you meet Laruga? By the way, on which trip did you did you meet Laruga in Mysore? Both our second. Trip. Right on both your trips. Right, two thousand nine. She went. She did a long ass trip in two thousand seven. Wasn't there in two thousand eight? I came in 2008 and then we were there when he, when Sharaji opened the Shala in Jan of 2009, we were both there and cause he did a week of, of uh, lead classes. He had, I think he had just come back from Goa from Purple Valley actually. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that kind of what, what he did, he did to go Goa and then he kind of opened up the season in, in January in, in Mysore. So we were in the in the same batch for 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 lead primary. That I mean, of course, she was way ahead of me, but but still, it's just you know um, that's how we met, sitting on the mm. stairs, first day, actually. So yeah, what were your first experiences of the the practice in Mysore? I mean, you know, you really kind of got into it there in in your on your first trip. So how did you mm. find it there? And, and you know, and and how did it? I suppose, how did it dovetail with your therapy? Did, did you find it, you know, you mentioned the Hatha yoga healing your body. Did you find mm-hmm. the Ashtanga yoga? Obviously, you must have found that it kind of like helped with, the, with the, that, the kind of healing that you wanted to, that you were doing with the therapy elsewhere, mm-hmm. right? I mean, how did the whole thing, you know, develop? You know, if you remember back to that time. Well, for me, the whole thing, and this is also maybe the way I teach, or not maybe, it is the way that I teach. It's very simple, and and, and it has to do with Tristana, basically. Breath, Drishti, state of the asana. 
because it brings you to the present. So therapy does what therapy does for you. And that the effect of that is, is very different, I feel like, from, from uh, person to person, how deep they go, how much work they're willing to go through. And, 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 you know, there's a lot of people going to therapy not making a whole lot of change, I feel like. Mm. And when we talk about therapy here, I'm assuming we're talking about kind of talking therapies. Yeah, know, right? talking about psychotherapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or at least yeah, somebody yeah. that's there to mirroring you, and that that can be done. In yeah, yeah. But you know, you might have one or two people that you're talking to. Yeah. But the thing is, with the, with the Ashtanga Yoga, I felt like the effect of of it forcing you being in the present, because when you're in the present, you can't think about the past and you can't think it, think about the future, right? So that was such an effect for my whole being in my daily life and it really was such a you know the energy um that it gave me to go to work in the morning was so so good and also it gave me that little pause to not overreact as much or you know Maybe I shouldn't be saying this. It gave me a little bit more of, you know, self-control outside mm. of the yoga room. So that was like such a huge thing for me. Because, I mean, I, I joke and say, you know, without that, I would not, you know, I would be much more of a disaster than what I am today, you know. So that's kind of a big thing. I think for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you can be... Uh, and knowing you personally, you can, you're quite outspoken. I think that's a good thing, though. You know, I mean, I, I suppose may, maybe it's been tempered with the yoga, the, 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 a trait that might have been perhaps uh, reactive and over the, you know, over the top has maybe been tempered. But I, you know, I wouldn't want you to, to, you know, to 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 lose that aspect of yourself, you know, because you are quite outspoken and, and forceful, and I think that's a nice thing. You know, it's unusual in the yoga world. I I, mm. I do feel you're somewhat of an unusual uh, unusual character in the yoga world. And in fact, in the first place, you I remember you weren't actually uh, full time yoga teaching for quite a while, were you? You were actually working a regular job and then oh, practicing, yeah. which is I was yeah, working yeah. the government offices uh, doing IT as a consultant. Mm. So. I was doing that and then I got into key accounting so I was a key account manager and in, 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 in the IT industry and I took care of, of uh, well I, I had you know different types of accounts but one of the accounts was also for me to take care of, of the Swedish Parliament the help desk since I worked so much in help desks myself and been you know mm. a coach and, and, and trainer and that so actually I was quite a reluctant yoga teacher in that sense it kind of happened because i got out of the the corporate world and it coincided with laruga's international career really taking off so at the end of 2015 because back then it was you know she was doing more weekend workshops in europe mm. but imagine when you fly and you do a weekend workshop and then you're back at yoga yama teaching a full-time ISO program that's a that's a lot it's taxing and it just goes like this right mm. so she needed help and i mean we've we have we've had our apprenticeship programs and we've done three of them but it's not the same thing we had one of our uh guys that that i uh 
that was actually one of my teachers at, at Gitan's place, Ashtanga Yoga Stockholm. He lived kind of across the street, so he was helping out a lot too, as a, as a you know, covering for for Labruga. So we kind of we got into a rhythm of, of covering a little bit for her. But since I got out of the corporate world, it ended up being me doing doing a lot of the teaching. So I, I kind of grew into it in, in that way. So. <clears throat> So you weren't actually out until more recently doing the running the MISA yourself or, or doing some MISA and then going to work and working a regular, a regular yeah, job, right? The shift yeah. was 2016, I would mm, say. Okay. That's when I really mm. started taking on the responsibility more for the MISA program. Yeah. And then I, um, yeah, I went back a little bit through our little virus incident uh, for, uh, for a key accounting job as well because i did we didn't know what was going to happen but i mean yeah we yeah. stayed open and you know we, we we fared extremely well compared to to most other yoga studios yeah yeah i think you didn't have to you didn't close down at all really in stockholm did you for the coronavirus no not at all which is really unusual because i think pretty much every other country had its periods of lockdown and, and i don't think sweden did any lockdown whatsoever no. right no they no. didn't <laughs> <laughs> So what I mean, you know, like changing that subject, um, swiftly moving on. What how how's it been being you know becoming into teaching now? I mean, what 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 would you say have been your challenges and what um what? I mean, do you think you'll continue doing that, or do you think you'll go back to the corporate world? Mm, I think I will do something else. Right, you do. At some point, yeah. Right. But I still like being Laruga's sidekick. Uh, I, I could probably see us doing a little bit more teaching together, more internationally, like more officially. There's a few places where it's like they Laruga and David, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. There's, yeah. There's, it's just Laruga, but I'm still there, you know. <laughs> but yeah, how, how you know how does that feel? How how have you you know how do you relate to uh, you know being um, you know like people say about Tim, don't they? Um, he's uh, Mister Mister Kino. You know, yeah, yeah. I suppose they could say you're Mr. Laruga, aren't you? And you know, and no, I was no. certainly, I was certainly um, at Purple Valley where we, you know, when we ran Purple Valley, and Teresa was the director. I was uh, Mr. Teresa, I suppose. You know, yeah, so yeah. Um, you know, how, do, how does it feel for you being the second to Teresa, and how do you feel you compliment her? Or can you say anything about how you teach together, or, or have there been any challenges between you two in different p- points of view, or anything like that? No, uh, th- no. this is this is why it works because we we're so. When it comes to the teaching and, and what we want, uh, you know, students to learn, there's never a, we don't have, we've, there's never been a power struggle for us. Right, within, right. Because also like Laruga had, you know, over 10 years more experience than, than I do, you know, when we started. So how am I going to, you know, be like, hey, I'm. You know, I'm going to be the main teacher here. Like, no, that there, there's, that's not going to work. But it, it's just, it's also fun for us to, to do it together because we do complement each other very well. What What do they say? Do you think you're like the, uh, you know, when they have the two policemen and one's the strict one and one's the friend, like the kind of nice one? Do you think you're like the nice policeman? Laruga's the strict. No. One? 
you know, no. I, I can be sometimes much more of a hard ass than she is. <laughs> Remember, I come from sports, and and I had crazy some crazy dance teachers. I've had some crazy acting teachers. I had some crazy, you know, uh, vocal coaches. It's just like I I've been told so many things that you cannot talk say to people you know in in the teaching situation like people would break if they went through what we went through in 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 the 80s and beginning of 90s like i've been yeah i do think that class you yeah, yeah well you you might get that bit on my saw as well we did get yeah. that it's a different teaching yeah the different yeah. teaching perspective isn't it i mean i grew up with martial arts with taekwondo in the 1980s yeah, when yeah. they were coming over they were coming over um and, uh, and teaching Taekwondo, these old masters, you know, and they were just shouting at the kids. They didn't even speak in English. They would just shout at us, like a five-year-old child, you know, exactly. in, in, um, in Korean. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. For you, if you survive that, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's tricky, isn't it? Because obviously we have a different thing going on now, and it's maybe swung to the other extreme where you can't say yes. anything to anyone, and everyone's mm. treated like you know, like the the student seems to have more more power than the teacher. Oftentimes, you exactly. know, to call the shots, and and well, you know, and that's all. You know, it's it tricky, isn't it? How 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 do you teach then? What's you know how, what's your view? Do you challenge students or I mean, mm. how, can you say anything? But, but you mentioned the Tristana idea, and uh, mm. yeah, that's obviously the center of Ashtanga Yoga. But you know, do you, do you, you know what? How, what do you base your teaching, or how do you see yourself as a teacher? Any anything you can I, say I about that? I honestly try to see the the person in front of me. Hmm. That's that's the number one thing. I try to see honestly who's standing in front of me and try to figure them out. But it's more here that needs to be unlocked than, than maybe in the body. And and then I try to get the body going um, as much as I can, honestly. It's a boring and old question, but how do you then stand with the tradition of Ashtanga and keeping everything exactly the same? And do you mm-hmm. allow modifications or do you adapt the series? You know, I mean, it's still something which very much interests people. Um, mm-hmm. They feel if they, you know, Especially us, you know, people, I like say us, I, we, you know, neither of us came to it that old, but, you know, people that many people have come to Ashtanga older than, uh, you know, than maybe. And, and as you get older, the body doesn't move so quickly, you know, like uh, moves mm-hmm. and develops so much. So, you know, it seems there's more of a reason than ever as an older demographic of people coming to Ashtanga to, to modify the sequences accordingly so they can get mm-hmm. the most out of them rather than stopping them when they think they can't do the lotus or, you know, mm-hmm. Kapitasana or a leg behind the head. You know, mm-hmm. what, what's your view on that? Uh, with the majority of people, uh, I'm pretty much doing what, what we're doing in, in, in Mysore with Shirachi. We don't deviate that. But there's a, there's a subset of people where you have to do some, some, some of what you're talking about. As little as possible, I try to do. But the, there, there's, there's those people where it's, yeah, it's, I'm not gonna, um, I'm not gonna force them to, you know, to do certain things. But I also feel like there's certain key poses in primary series or intermediate series that you, you need to have them down, honestly, in order to move on. Because otherwise, I feel like if you do too much of modifications, that's, that's something that is 
you take away the meditation aspect. And that's one of the things that I really emphasize in my teaching is I want this is a meditation and movement, period. Yeah. So once again, if you go out for, you know, straps and blocks and you're doing 60 different things in order for you to get into, let's say, Kapotasana, um, you're not really working the method 100%. I'm not saying that none of that can happen. I do it myself, especially since I, you know, I crashed with my bike. So my Kapotasana is not what it used to be. And once again, I'm not like a super, super backbender either. So it's never been like catching heels. I mean, (laughs) on a good day when I'm at peak form, midfoot is like, yay, you know. But it never stopped me. What does meditation mean for you then? And you talk about meditation. I mean, you know, I think. It's the being in the present. And that's why I emphasize the breathing. And and for me, I, I feel like, since people sometimes get so asana hungry, they it seems like some people forget that breathing is a part of the technique. And that is in the Ashtanga system or any yoga system. But I feel like people get very caught up in, oh, I, I'm going to catch heels or I'm going to get my Suptakramasana or whatever it is. And they forget the breathing. And that's one thing that Lurug and I are always talking about is the breathing part of of this practice and that is what's going to open both the body and the mind i feel like if i could qualify that statement how what what would be the end result of practice or, or what does the opening the mind mean for you that you can see your own attitudes that you you change and i think this is one of the, the genius part of ashtanga yoga since the since the sequence doesn't change, it's you mm. personally that w- you have to change. Let the asana work on you, you not working the asana. This is something that Larug and I talk a lot about. Really being able. So, right now, if we take myself, for, for example, in for Kapotasana, I work at the wall, I, you know, I work down to B position. On good days, I kind of walk in. So, but the benefit is my the breathing and the focus, and what it does to my body. Does do you? I don't think I get a bigger, better benefit because I'm because I'm not catching heels. But the fact that I'm doing it, I'm challenging mm. myself. I'm working on my breath. I'm working on, on the shoulders. I'm working on, on the bandhas. Everything that I'm doing in that pose gives a great effect. And the more calm I can be in this pose or Sukta Kurmasana or Karanda or whatever pose I'm working on, the better it is for me and for my personality. Do you see where I'm getting at? Yeah, I mean, I, that's an argument. I'm, I wonder if sometimes the breath might be compromised by, by, by challenging oneself uh, to such a degree to get something. And then it's like, well, then you are kind of like, you, you, you're only distracted by, by discomfort, even pain, and the breath goes. And, but then and, and you're the not second... working the technique that I'm talking about. Then you, okay. 
So if, how is if, that? If, how would it if, be different? If you are that labored and you're going through pain, real pain, not pain that is uncomfortable, you're actually opening the body, relaxing into it. That's a very different story. When you are consciously going through the resistance in the body and the mind. And the end goal is not necessarily lead to catch heels. But you're working through the resistance of the, the, the mind, the breath. You're able to calm the breath. You're able to work through whatever physical resistance there is there. And you get a release, a physical release. Then hmm. I'm thinking you're striking gold. If you are doing this and it's just, you know, you're so labored in, in the asana. That, that, but I don't care whether you're doing a hatha yoga pose, holding it for, for five minutes or if you, you know, any, that, that, is, that has nothing to do with yoga to me. What about the idea of not going any further into perfected Kapatasana? So, I mean, you mentioned doing other postures, but you're also mm -hmm. struggling with Kapatasana. So, mm -hmm. you've, you know, you've been allowed or allowed yourself to go further and do more postures because mm -hmm. oftentimes these gateway postures, so they're mm -hmm. called, yeah. um, get people stuck. And then there's a lot of forcing to try and get through because you're mm -hmm. just doing the primary series, say, or just doing up to Kapatasana, mm -hmm. you've got a slightly limited color palette, let's say, you, you know, only sure. especially over a certain amount of years. And, and for mm -hmm. an older body, let's say, you know, for an older body, mm -hmm. I'd say over, you know, for many people over 40, you know, mm -hmm. uh, perhaps their body's not going to change and, and allow them that much more leeway potentially into mm -hmm. Kapatasana, you know, mm -hmm. so they may be stuck there forever. You know, yeah. I mean, what, what what's your argument then? Would you allow that person to go forward? Yes, um, I, I right. would allow to go forward. Yeah. Okay, Dep depending right. on depending on how the primary series is looking. Hmm. And what are you looking for to allow someone to go forward? Then, if it's not actually to, to complete the perfect as asana itself, a level of completion of the asana to their ability and breath and that they're there that there's a concentration there's a focus that's what i'm looking for mm -hmm. yeah. so i think it's beneficial sometimes to move on because it you need a certain you know variety like you're saying the color palette wasn't maybe that that big you know mm. So sure, for some people, yeah, but there's also quite a few people that don't give themselves the time either to to marinate in these poses. I remember, like when I started, um, people were talking about you know somewhere like five seven years in in each series, and who who has the time for that these days? People want to you know they want to be third after you know three and a half years of practice. Some people. I think it, yeah, I don't think it kind of like went in stages, didn't it? Because the early students went through postures very quickly. And, and even perhaps if, yeah. in our eyes now, they might not seem perfected, let's say. Yeah. Um, they they were kind of went through them anyway in a, in a rather... Well, weren't um, that also a little bit like Patabi didn't think that they would ever come back? Perhaps there was that. I think there was maybe less of a bar and then it became... Yeah, maybe it was. Were, 
they yeah. were very much uh, like stuck in uh, postures for years and years and then more mm-hmm. latterly it seems like you know the advanced is really the new intermediate isn't it it's like everyone's doing uh, intermediate now whereas you know even when we met in my sort there weren't yeah, that yeah, yeah. many people in the intermediate no. class and very no. few people doing advanced now you know i, I imagine if one went back now everyone's probably doing advanced you know and it seems like uh how do you think the ashtanga has progressed do you think the standard has grown or do you think that the bar has dropped generally in teaching i think i think it's like any like look at um since i i'm a big fan of cycling for example so look at look at the level of of the riders now doing Vuelta Espana, you know, we're coming to the end of that, or Tour de France or Giro d'Italia. The way the race is done is very different. And the level, mm. you, can't, you can't even compare the practice, uh, the, the riders from 10 years ago to the, the ones that are there now. And mm. I feel like, you know, when you look at the guys doing parkour or whatever, you know, I feel that's the same way w- with the Stanga. The, the practitioners are it's they're gonna hit higher and higher serious so to speak the ones that are really serious doing it um but with that being said depending on who the teacher is that they're working with if they're just enthralled with the the physical and the showy part so to speak of ashtanga yoga then that's what you're gonna get and then you're gonna have a few people that really are concerned about the 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 breath and the the meditation part of it and are really Mm. really to to work with the personality i feel like for me a lot of the stuff that i'm doing is is i feel more like lifemanship than than sometimes you know lifemanship what's that lifemanship that's a good yeah, word but yeah how, how do you bring how do you bring that i mean you're talking kind of on a philosophical level it's mm-hmm. it's easy to kind of muddy the waters of an asana practice with a philosophy without actually bringing it in how 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 do you bring i mean, i don't believe that was the case with you how how do you bring that in to your your teaching asana that it's you know that because it does seem to lend itself to the idea that it's a linear series where progress mm-hmm. is somewhat uh, encouraged by the teacher but then the teacher says oh, it's not about progress, but then everything seems to point towards the fact of pushing the student further and further towards achieving the series. Is, you know, yeah. how, how, how do you relate to that to give a different perspective then? Because you don't seem to be talking on that level. Um, but then again, I, I in the, if, yeah. if, if, you, if you take working on dropbacks, for example, I think something happens a lot with people internally with that. I see mm. people's um, confidence rise when when I work with people um, with dropbacks. You know, I see them start trusting themselves in a different manner. I feel them, you know, they feel a little bit better, especially if they worked on a post for a long time, whether that's a, a Marachasana C or Soktakurmasana or whatever they're working on, you know, where, whether it's just maybe being able to come down in Karanda or whatever. I see that's the part that I'm looking for. I'm not so interested in actually what asana you're doing. I'm, I'm much more interested in, in, in what's happening inside of you. Are you starting to feel better about yourself, more accepting, more loving? Do I see a confidence boost in you? 
that's 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 a gold for me whether that's a half primary series or somebody that i'm helping with doing tiktoks it that doesn't matter so i think that's where I, a lot of um, maybe yoga teachers go goes wrong that some of them are really enthralled with, with the asana and, and, and look at me in the sense that I can get this student to do this. It's not, but it's not about you. you you're, you're there to guide. You're there to, to show the door. You're there to, to give the toolbox. You're there to give the key, but the key needs to go into a lock that the student unlocks. And it has to do with the heart and the soul much more so than the physical um the physical is just there to for you to 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 become something else inside in in, in my opinion and then you mm. have mm. all the the other benefits which i feel also now has been kind of lost in in ashtanga yoga where we don't talk about what does this dasana asana do for for my internal organs the twisting and for the spine what is this you know doing with the and that is something that was talked about i feel like when i started well hatha yoga back in the day with Catherine, but also in the beginning of, of my ashtanga journey that was more we were talking more about that i feel like that's yeah. kind of gone away a little bit i think so i mean i think i i let's say i think what it is is the preeminence of a yoga has perhaps died off a little bit and i think it was really through the therapeutic ideas of a that really uh-huh. brought in these ideas with his book on light on yoga about the therapeutic aspects of different organs and you know and uh and perhaps the grasp of uh, a yoga on yoga most generally as mm-hmm. has uh has been relinquished slightly and uh, maybe that's it but i i somewhat agree with you on that point i mean how, yeah. on a, you know moving on from what you said about students how do you give them you know i know that you're clear and directive on how you like things done and keeping within the protocol of ashtanga yoga mm-hmm. how do you how do you but how do you allow t- student their own space to experience their own self in practice whilst also trying to keep them on program as it were I mean, how do you deal with a difficult student who says, oh, I want to do it like this? And, you know, like, and you say, well, yeah, I kind of think it might be better that you do it like that. But then again, it's like, well, you know, as we know, mm-hmm. you know, only you know your own body. Ultimately, only they can only ultimately know how it feels for them, you know. Mm-hmm. So you know, how do you deal with that balance of giving someone the space, but then also trying to kind of instruct them from, well, one would hope a higher skill set than they currently have or a higher perspective, you know? Um. Well, I'm I'm always going to suggest what I think is going to be beneficial, but I also at sometimes allow students to do it their way, so to speak. Mm. But a lot of times that won't work, and I already know that it won't work. But I <laughs> I allow them to go down that path, and then I right, I'm, right. Well, That's nice. you know yeah, what yeah. I you know what I said you know. If, a month ago or two weeks ago or whatever i'm like maybe we want to revisit that and try it that way what do you think that kind of approach and sometimes people i'm so comfortable having people leave our program there's other programs in in this city where they do they have a different kind of a thinking than what lurug and i have you know what if you don't want to, if I'm not the person for you, then you're welcome to go somewhere else. It, it is known in Stockholm to have many different programs, isn't it? Have you have you found that 
Have you found that over the years difficult or, or confusing for students going to different teachers and different in within Stockholm, or has there been a, a, any any political aspects that have been that have been difficult about that? They're very different, mm. and uh, we have different approach. And uh, I, if people are jumping around, I don't like that. They, then they, they, a few cases, but this is a while back now where it's just like, you need to make up your mind because the way we're doing things is not what they're doing on the other side of town. So how do you, how do you distinguish your style of teaching, Laruga and you, um, and how you run it? Because surely it's only one. I mean, I would, you know, on, on the superficially off the offset, say, well, you know, Sashtanga Yoga, you know, you teach it like this, you know, it's kind of rather similar everywhere. How would you would how do you say that you're different then? I do think we we right. we have hold people to a little bit of a higher standard. Like we want the asana to be correct, so to speak, and we're not gonna let people get a new asana to be nice to keep as a student we they're going to be held accountable at siptakramasana why should they, they be you know having a shitty siptakramasana how is it this beneficial for the student if if there there's certain places where you need to marinate. And I know the benefit. It took me a long-ass time to do Marichasana D on my own. It took me a long-ass time to do Supta Kramasana. If you took a look at my Supta Kramasana, there was no indication that I was going to be able to sit up, get my legs behind the head, and bind. It wasn't even in the wheelhouse, I would say. That's how bad my Supta Kramasana was. But I did have the patience, and I think it comes from from sports, from doing other things, from having had to work for certain things. And I wasn't a young buck when I started Ashtanga. <laughs> so I've done. I, I my I started doing sitting up doing Supta Kramasana well into my forties. So for you know, me, this is where I kind of go. Yeah. If I, this is one thing, and I, I know this is, but uh, Laruga jokes, and I love her, uh, joke about it. If I can fucking do it, you can do it. Honestly. You well, you don't know everyone's body, though. That maybe they can't do it. Maybe they have some particular um, impediment or, or stiffness in the body. This is that, a different story. This is a different story. But give, give me the time. Give us the time and give yourself the opportunity. Because people don't give themselves the opportunity to actually learn things correctly these days. There's a hack for this, and there's a let's do a, you know a million yoga drills. But what does that do? What does it do? It seems like I mean I'm just playing devil's advocate here because I mean I you know I have, a, I have time and space for what you're saying. Certainly, um, it seems like you you equate meditation quite greatly with the challenge and of, of effort where does the relinquishment of effort come from because obviously we have this idea of you know a biasa variagya you know that there's the effort but also the relinquishment of effort at the same time it, how does that transpire it seems like you're holding people quite accountable but mm -hmm. at a certain point surely there should be this letting go as well of course, you know, of how, course. how does that yeah yeah 
when you kind of feel that they've given they've given it all they've put their heart on the ground and they've actually tried this is where i kind of feel like you've given this the effort that is needed when that has been done i'm not looking for perfection neither is laruga that's not what we're talking about but when you've given the effort and it, you really honestly have tried it and we see all right with time for for you to move on then we move on with people we have we have some older ladies that we're, we're you know they're doing they're doing well into intermediate series but they're they don't have their drawbacks that's good to hear some, some <laughs> of them some of them we have inherited and some of them are our, our own students where it's just like these poses are are pretty beneficial for you but they're in general older or people are working with with some kind of an injury or a body ailment then of course you can what are we gonna there's certain poses that are going to be impossible for 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 certain people if they have an issue with their body we're not gonna that's not what we we're not doing that at all you know mm. so whenever someone needs the assistance they will get the assistance and sometimes it's a blanket sometimes it's a block sometimes it's a strap but it's not for the majority of the people and this is where i feel like the people that don't need it why go there you go there yeah, with the people yeah. that really really need the assistance but you got to give me your heart you got to give me your soul you got to i i think it comes maybe from from my sports background it's just like you leave it on on the pitch and you do the same thing in the yoga room how does it translate then when you take your, I mean, it's, I mean obviously you can't say for your students because we're not there all the time with them, but for you, you know, how does it, how does the lifestyle of yoga translate off the mat? I mean, do you still do the therapy, the therapeutic uh, um, stuff as well? Or, you know, I mean, how, oh, yeah, how, I, do you, how, do, how do you contextualize the asana in the whole of your life? There's a whole lifestyle. I, you talk I, about lifemanship. I've been working with my mentor since my main mentor. Uh, since 93. So you're still keeping other therapies alive as well as doing the asana as well? Yeah, yeah. but it, it, yeah. It, this is more like it's someone that's coaching. He was the first mm -hmm. person that kind of put me up against the wall and said, look, buddy, you're going to, if you continue with this, you're not going to be alive. So he he's like, a, you know, he's, he's, he's like a... a you know, an older brother. He's he, like, like if you were, you know, mm -mm. ten years my senior. But he had a, a very um, um, big impact on me in in the sense that he was the first one that really is like, you know, you. I think you got some good things going in you, but you're about to kill yourself here, buddy. So. So that was the real one of the real first wake up calls. So, so yeah. it seems like you've made so so much so much development out of out of this practice. Where do you mm -hmm. see it going in the future? I mean, you mentioned um, and and also with Laruga as well. You mentioned doing more teaching together, you and Laruga together. What, what are your plans? Yeah, what, what where do you, I mean? Where do you see yourself going in the future? Are you going to travel more? Or are you going to keep on with the Mysore teaching? Or are you going to get a regular job? Right. Any yeah. ideas about? 
future plans? I have a few 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 things that I'm working on that's outside. So I think once those things are kind of settled, I, I'll go for I'll, I'll probably do a lot of that because uh, it also would be nice to just focus on practicing a little bit. You know, like for me personally, like really get back into, you know, it was such a blessing when Laruga was doing everything for all of us in, in Stockholm and, 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 and being a part, you know, it was such an amazing time. And that time will never come back, you know. I mean, we we're hoping that she's going to be able to do a few, like we were lucky during the pandemic in the sense that she <clears throat> was here. So she was actually teaching two days a week again, which was really, really nice for everyone, including me. So we, we, we split it quite a lot. Right, know, so she's doing that, right. So she's not that, that much on hand in the current, currently in the program at all then, right? No, not except right. like workshops, but then every okay. time she's home, she's, she's practicing, which has also been such a great thing since she's been on, on a journey with her back for the past two years and everybody's seen her really having to deal with stuff like how to work through back stuff and you know they've seen her do half primary they've seen her do third they've seen her do fourth do you know what like they've seen her and at her top and at her absolute bottom and what that is like when someone's using this practice for therapy really mm -hmm. using it for therapy and seeing and but just having her presence in the room you know is very inspiring, I think. Do you practice together? At home? At home, at home yeah. Yeah, yeah. You do, like, right. That's fine. I, yeah, but I practice usually now after class. And sometimes if someone's cover covering, I'm there like a, a regular student working on my stuff, you know. Mm. So Rug and I always had that. Um, we're, in, we're in the room with, with everybody else. Which I, I also think brings something to, to the program, honestly. Well, I mean, I think, we could, I think we could carry on talking, actually. But, I mean, there's more to talk about. And hopefully at some point you'll, you'll come back and, and we'll have another chat. But uh, just to wrap it up, I always do these uh, questions at the end of the podcast. Um, can you give me an inspiration and a guilty pleasure? Um, something that you're really inspired by. It could be, a, you know other than Naruga, evidently and it's very pleasing to see how you know how how devoted you know how devoted and, and uh and you know and inspired you are by Naruga, uh, who is a very inspiring person um but you know uh, give me an inspiration and a, a guilty pleasure yeah just well, to finish it off today i don't know uh but inspiration is always going to be be music for me i mean that's You're right that's, yeah i remember that's your music my, yeah, my, yeah. my love that's my first love and it's deeper than what, than what music, music. What kind of music? And or anything. bands? Or, right. Yeah. Oh, really? yeah all, all types yeah, yeah. of music. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? But I mean, what I do myself is, is rock, pop, industrial, that kind of thing, right? So I have my music projects going, so that's cool. So that's gonna, always going to be there. Um, and yeah. What's, I, I'm, what's your favorite band? That's favorite band? That's so yeah. hard. That's yeah, I know. possible. It is. I know it's a hard one, but you must have some band you can say off the top of your head. Oh, yeah, one of my one of my favorites. It's gonna it's first it's gonna time. Be stuck couple, it's gonna be a couple. You know, right? I mean, I think Muse is amazing. 
yeah, um, yeah, they, they are. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Um, I don't maybe that this is going to be con- controversial because of of his personnel, you know. But Marilyn Manson, when he came out oh, with right. his stuff, yeah, huh. nine nine inch nails, right? Sort of yeah. quite heavy stuff. I yeah. don't know. I mean, I, I, the Muse I know, I like a lot. I have to dive back into Muse, actually. You remind me. But, um, yeah, Marilyn Manson and I, I don't know them at all. Yeah. Maybe yeah. too heavy for me. You two what? growing up you, was, a, was a big thing. You too, yeah. What? You could always call Marilyn Manson your guilty pleasure, actually, listening to Marilyn Manson, <laughs> couldn't you? I think ice cream right. is my guilty pleasure. Right. <laughs> That's a good, you know what? You know what? I'll, I'll give you that because we have... Queen, huh? I mean, how can you not love Queen? Oh, Queen? yeah, it's a great band, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so many great bands. It's just, I, I, and we're just talking limited genre. I love hip-hop, you know, especially more more, more older stuff, you know. All right, finally, and a, fi- a final question. Do you practice, does the music relate to the yoga at all? Do you ever practice yoga with music or, or does it? Does it have any relationship or the two things completely When I do my vinyasa classes, I put a lot of time into my playlist. Oh, well, you, do, you teach vinyasa as well, do you? Of course. Yeah, didn't know that. Huh. Yeah. No, I, this is the thing. People think that I'm like some... No, I don't know if people think. They may, some people maybe don't know. But I'm I'm not I'm 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 not a fanatic. I'm I'm not part of the cult. I'm I'm I, I'm on the outside. I'm doing my thing, you know. Yeah, I teach in the Austin. I've done for 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 quite some years. It's a lot of Ashtanga inspiration in that, but you know, and my some of my dance background comes into play because I I do some. There's some choreography in there, you know, that's not done in a lot of the vinyasa classes, at least at least not the way I hear from other students that take mm. other vinyasa classes in, in this city. But also the All few right. things that I've seen, you know. So, yeah. Well, next time in Stockholm, my <laughs> curiosity has been piqued. <laughs> if just for the, uh, the playlist. The vinyasa I'm, class. <laughs> I'm coming on, I'm coming along. <laughs> you might see me pop up in the back row well yeah, david yeah, yeah. it's been a pleasure chatting yeah, to I you today got um, something out of it and, and that it would yeah. make sense so, somehow <laughs> it yeah. always makes sense it always makes sense to people and they'll take what they will you know and uh yeah so thank yeah. you thank yeah. you for coming along and uh yeah you've had a great talk and yeah let's hope to catch you both somewhere soon yeah 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 all right mm-hmm.